Welcome to My Life on the Line, a podcast by RefCoach. I'm Ale, and I'm joined today by Jack and Benji. <laughs> what happens when your house is a live music venue come podcast studio? Hey guys, really excited to be here with you for the first ever episode of My Life on the Line. I'm really looking forward to what we've got coming up over the next few episodes. So between the three of us, we've got over 30 years experience in refereeing and we've definitely got some great stories to share through this. Ale, why don't you kick us off by telling everyone how the three of us came together. Benji, you should start with the story of how we met. The, the interesting thing is that I met both of you when I first arrived in Australia in 2012 and was at the same venue. It was both of you at Albert Park where the Grand Prix is. Benji, I met you on the synthetic fields and we had this random tournament, I think it was a weekday as well, at night, under the lights. One of my first games here in Australia uh, with good old Tony Petrolito, he he took me under his wing and sort of introduced me to football in Australia. I I owe a, a great deal to that man. To be fair, he he welcomed the welcomed me into his house, took me to games because I didn't have a car like a good old immigrant, and uh, and he drove me that night as well. I remember going to his to his house in Turak with uh, with a tram the seventy six, and then he took me to Albert Park to meet Benji, where yeah. the cars. Dude. And then you, Jack, I met you across the street from there, basically. But yeah, Benji, you tell it way better than I do. I was very young. I think I was only 13 years old at the time. So I was very, very young. And I, I was at school during the middle of the day. And as you do, you get calls from these older men at school during the day. And you're just like, what is this? <laughs> Add to the phone and it's uh, our deployments officer, Tony, and he goes up. Oh, We've got this game tonight. It's a tournament at Albert Park. Go down and and do the game and you run the line. And I thought, all right, but I've never run a line before in my life. In Australia, when you start refereeing, you pretty much exclusively referee the matches with parents as linesmen. And so, yeah, I rocked up. I remember trying to read the laws of the game on the way to the ground, being like, how do you be a linesman? I probably chucked on Google that day, like, "How how do you run a line? Suffice to say, when I got to the game, I was absolutely shitting myself. And before the game, I get introduced from Tony's. I was all right, here's this guy, Ale, he's the referee. And he pulls out a block of lint chocolate and goes, hey, do you want some chocolate? <laughs> Which I think is like not the first thing, thing you'd expect. You're going to treat your linesman, your, your assistants, with the, with, the, with the respect they deserve. And you know, what better way to buy my way into your heart if not with a, with a bar of chocolate. So as a 13-year-old Benji, you've met this strange Italian man <laughs> and he's offering you chocolate after getting a phone call during the day at school telling you to come to work. If this isn't a red flag for refereeing, I don't know what is. And the best part is that's only the start of the story. <laughs> oh, good God. So we're doing this game. It's the opening game of a, a tournament. So two youth teams taking it very seriously and the weather was horrendous. It was raining, hailing. It was so windy that the corner flags couldn't stay still. And when the players were taking corners, they'd sort of have to put the ball down with their hand to take it. It was a disaster. And the game was, was going pretty well. Like I thought 
I was probably knowing what I was doing in hindsight, probably had absolutely no clue and just was standing on the line. And sure enough, about 70 minutes in, player gets played through one-on-one. I keep the flag down. In hindsight, it was probably about five metres offside. (laughs) (laughs) Player runs through, scores (laughs) 1-0. The rest of the game, the coach is probably, I think his team has coughed it, is just absolutely giving it to me. You you remember this stuff when you're on the line because – you, know, you can't run away from it as a linesman. You're just absolutely copying it from the coaches. And I think Ali, to his credit, could see this was happening. And he came over and just gave this, this coach an absolute blasting. Say, you know, don't, don't go abusing this guy. So we're going, don't all right. Abuse this, don't abuse this child. Don't abuse the child, exactly. <laughs> I wonder how that go. I, I, I still don't speak proper English. Back then, it would have been even worse. Would have been probably just a big wave of an arm, of arms, yeah. like. <laughs> and so, sure enough, we get to the end of the game, and it's one nil. The one team gets played through, and similar scenario: player gets played through one on one with the keeper. By this point, the coach is absolutely fuming at the losing team, and sure enough, I keep the flag down again and don't call offside. <laughs> player runs through, keeper takes him out. Ali gives a red card. Chaos, <laughs> absolute mass brawl, and. Um, I've never yeah. seen I've never seen anything like it. I've refereed before this game. I refereed senior football in Italy, and I come to Australia. One of the first games I do it's a friendly tournament, and I see I think there was what under fourteens. Yeah, probably about that age. Like that. And they are going at it. There's people punching each other in the head, pulling hair, <laughs> and I'm like, how did this happen? It's a weeknight. I'm supposed to be at home and I'm here running in the rain with 40-year-olds kicking the hell out of each other. It's absolute chaos. I think we ended up abandoning the game, didn't we? Yeah, it probably just stopped eh, by that point, I thought. Yeah. yeah, and it started like hailing or raining really hard as well. So it was just all hell broke loose. People punching each other. The weather just had enough of the game. It was absolute carnage. And that was the first game we had together. But it's not finished. The best not, part comes the best, at the end. The best part is afterwards. Like, I'm sure most referees have those games, particularly when they're starting out, that just absolutely shake them. You know, they, they really, you, you don't feel human anymore afterward and it's quite an experience. And so sure enough, just struggling back and going back to the car and I want to get paid. And I ended up getting paid for the match. There was no one there to, to properly pay me. So I got paid my whole match fee in coins. <laughs> And I just sat there. You know, the, the, when these games happen, you just want to go home. And I remember mum was sitting in the car and this guy is paying me out of the, you know, the loose change that people have in the, in the middle of their car. 37, 50, 50 cents. And yeah, I thought I went back into the car and said, nah, that's it. I'm never refereeing again. Not happening. I never. Sure enough, I get a call at 10 a.m. the next morning at school from Tony saying, hey, do you want to do the game again tonight? <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting night. That was a very interesting night. I remember being in the bus with, the, with both teams because we were sheltering from the weather. And it was just like, what happened tonight? The gag is the next game that I did with him five years later, the first offside call I had to make. I kept the flag down. The player ran through. Last bad red card again. i remember that that was a dandelion's crown i remember that five five years and about 15 leagues higher and the same thing happened five minutes in there was 10 minutes if it makes you feel any better i was 10 minutes in (laughs) 
I still remember that. What league was it? Pretty sure that was your first MPL one. MPL two, yeah, Dandy Dandy City. Yeah, MPL plugged from yeah, from the obscurities was, uh, of the the junior community leagues and straight into the uh, the lines on the second division in Victoria. That was your first game in an MPL as MPL. well. MPL, it done yeah two lines in the same. So league. we just had really bad luck. Yeah. Just really bad luck you and I are in first time, mate. It's, it's not going to happen anymore, luckily. So. I feel like I met LA a few years ago and there was this, this real gap between when we did a game together, which by which I assume there was a meeting between the two of you before you went on to some illustrious big-time games together. How does this story start? Well, it also starts on a, a rainy day in Albert Park. <laughs> you can see a pattern here. Do not go to the park on a rainy day. That is a thing. Do not do not do that. Yeah, it was State for Middle Park against oh, Seaford, maybe? It was supposed to be an English dub. Yeah, apparently. I think it was Middle Park Seaford or someone. To this day, I still do not know why they sent a mad Italian to do an English game. <laughs> so I did the reserves and, you know, then run the line on the seniors. And within five minutes... This bloke's two-footed someone, caught him, like, on the shin, cue mass brawl. I'm like, ah, this has got to be a red. Like, this is chaos. <laughs> LA, this flamboyant Italian just prances around, throws a few yellows, and from that point onwards, it was just bloody chaos. <laughs> I remember being in total control of that game. I do remember not seeing a tackle. There was probably the tackle you're talking about because it was sort of behind me. But, you know, I, had I had a better assistant on that line, <laughs> maybe I would have been uh, given uh, better information. Maybe I told you and you didn't understand me. That is a possibility. That is probably what happened. It's too far back now. It's eight years ago. It's a while back. Can't really Jeez, remember yeah. that far. No, but... I do, one thing I do remember is in the changing rooms afterwards, you know, you obviously you were still relatively new here and you were like, oh, what are you doing tonight? I was like, what the fuck do you want to know, you weirdo? <laughs> hey, I was trying to make friends. And guess what? Ages later, you were my best man at my wedding. Yeah. I don't know how we then became mates from after that because it wasn't immediate. But You all clearly didn't want to be my friend. But <laughs> I yeah, he was it. probably underage at other. Do you blame me? No, I think I, dro- I think I was 18. I think I drove to the game. Yeah, I think you just started driving because I remember you were quite happy and you left on your own. Mm. We became friends properly when we started refereeing Youth League a few years later. Ah, uh, that summer. Yeah, that summer. When it was you, Oliver, and I, we were the, the three crazy lunatics causing havoc in change rooms. That happened a few times. That sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I'm sorry. Again, Jack, I'm sorry to see a pattern here. <laughs> Are we sure this, pod- this podcast is about refereeing? <laughs> <laughs> we talked about how I met you, but you told me there is a story behind how you two met, which I have never heard. Well, neither have I. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of an odd one. Jack and I actually went to school together, which is is a crazy, crazy connection. Because I think we realized at the time that I was probably in year seven and he was in year 12. Suddenly we pop up, we only met each other years later, but suddenly I've ended up with all these obscure mutual friends. So I I think there was probably a connection there somewhere. But we're at a meeting at the old soccer house on uh, St Kilda Road and sort of met each other loosely and knew that we were living in the same sort of area. 
and I'm walking back to the lift thinking, oh, geez, I've got a fairly long trip home here, trams, trains, and I don't know where this guy goes, oh, Ben, do you want to lift home? Again, probably like now that I think of that in hindsight, seeing a, a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I said, sure. And, yeah, we hit it off in the car and I said, all right, your speaker system in the car is broken. Like, this is absolute trash. you got to get it fixed. <laughs> Um, and I thought nothing of it. And then sure enough, the next day he goes, guess what? You chose with a new car stereo system. And you know whose fault that was? The other <laughs> bloke sitting there. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, true. That was my fault. <laughs> I went and bought a new thing for my car. And they go, ah, oh, do you want us to fix it, like install it for you? It's free because you bought it here. And Ale was with and he was like, no, 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 I'll do it for you. <laughs> No, that was different. <laughs> I offered you to help you with your stereo, and you, and you bought it online. No, we bought it in store. Oh, yeah, no, we went to Yarraville. We went across the yeah, bridge to buy that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. I ended up fixing it. It was just, it's because you drive a Ford, and they are silly cars when it comes to electronics. It's working now, though, isn't it? Yeah, the, the lights on my dashboard still quite up, but sure. Refereeing clips, analysis, and coaching, join our Facebook group, Ref Coach. So, Ale, tell us how Ref Coach came about. Ref Coach is an idea that I had for a while now. It all starts from an Italian Facebook group run by Max Dotto, which is part of the Ref Coach group as well. He used to be a referee observer in the Serie D in Italy. And uh, he, along with the help of Luca Marelli, an ex-Serie ref, started his group on Facebook for Italian referees where he would post videos, educational clips to help referees improve. The story is because they drifted away from the Italian Referees Association, so they started their own online branch. And this group has now more than 7,000 members. The best thing of this group is that there's a lot of confrontation and discussion, very similar to what we do in RefCoach. The main problem is that it's all in Italian. So a while ago, I was telling Jack about this, this group with videos, 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 and I kept sending videos. So I said, just join the group and you and I can comment. Problem was that obviously Jack got into the group and couldn't understand anything because it's all in Italian. So I would tag him in videos and he'd be like, yeah, cool. That's an interesting clip, but I have no idea what's going on. And that's where I started thinking and talking about it with Jack. What if we did something like that in English? That would have such a broader audience and we could do it for us, for the people we know and bring more education to the masses. Because the thing that always sort of felt like a question to me is we, there's, there's all these videos, UEFA releases their RIPs, educational materials, but there is nothing that is actually official where you can go and get answers to your questions. And that's what really always bugged me. So I thought... If we made a group like this in English, we could help so many referees. The purpose of this is to provide education and coaching, is that right? Absolutely. The purpose of the group is to help referees to improve, but not just by giving answers to videos. The purpose is to get people to think, think outside the box, think about different solutions, talk to each other, talk to peers, and work out solutions that maybe you never thought of. Because once you're on the field of play, there is no ref coach right there and then that you can ask a question to it's you but the more you know the more experience you have 
the more knowledge you have of the laws of scenarios and episodes and incidents, the easier it's going to be once you actually leave it to make the connection and make the right call. Beautiful. So, Ali, tell us a little bit about what's going to be coming up on the My Life on the Line podcast. The idea of the podcast is clearly, as you could tell by the flavor of our conversation, is to bring up funny stories and real-life stories of referees because the public sort of sees referees as the bad guys that are there to make mistakes and ruin the game and they are all full of themselves and they don't feel the game as everyone else does. Truth is, referees are supporters. Referees are humans that love the game and are there for the good of the game. The goal of the podcast is to bring stories to the public, to also, if possible, bring advice to younger referees, bring ideas in a different format, not just via videos and comments. But it's also a way to humanize us referees and make people realize that we actually love to have fun and we have a lot of fun while we referee. There's nothing better than going through a massive game an intense game, a difficult game, pulling it off. And after the game, going back in the change room, celebrating with your team, going into the canteen after the game, having a beer, talking to the players. That's the essence of refereeing for me. It's, it's a social experience, keeps you active, keeps you engaged, keeps you in the game. The podcast to me, it's portraying who we really are instead of just these people that go out and just give cards to everyone. We love to have fun doing what we do. So, Jack, what's up next? What have we got planned for RefCoach? We've got some fantastic things coming up over the next weeks and months. Uh, We've got interviews and and sessions with some really, really world-class referees. I won't put a name to that yet, but referees who you have seen on your TV all over the world, these referees have officiated. We're going to have some educational topics to talk about different areas, how referees can improve, what they can do to take their game to the next level. And that's great. We are lucky enough to have a lot of connections all over the world. I am obviously from Italy and I got connection from Italy. Jack, you are originally from England. I know a few people over there. So thanks to all these connections, we are going to be able to bring you referees that have world-class experience and can share their view and what they lived over their careers. We are also planning to put together some masterclasses where we can bring added value to all the members of the group, where it's not just going to be videos posted on the, on the page where people can comment and discuss the situation, but we will have some personalities that can explain and talk us through different topics using their experience from all different levels whether it's local level to fifa level afc level uefa level we are putting together lots of presentations lots of topics that we hope to bring to life very soon for refereeing clips analysis and coaching join the ref coach facebook group Benji, you probably don't know why we decided to call this podcast My Life on the Line. I can only assume it was from your illustrious career as, as a linesman, LA. Especially the game that I did as a fourth official for Jack, which you, you'd miss and take photos of when I thought one of the assistants was having a heart attack. Truth was, he actually just rolled an ankle and I had to all of a sudden take my jumper off and go and run the line after years and years of not touching a flag. Also at Albert Park. Also at Albert Park. Albert Park is where it's all happening. The reason why we picked 
my life on the line. It's not because I was a terrible assistant, but it comes from jokes made in the change room. Jack, I, and a couple of our friends, Andy and Ollie, we used to exchange lots of stories about refereeing, about our experience. And we always joked about making a book called My Life on the Line, where we would collect all these stories, all these anecdotes, and bring these stories to the public. And that's why when we started RefCouch, I thought we want to do more. We want to add a podcast. We want to add masterclasses. And this naming the podcast My Life on the Line, it's my way to pay tribute to that relationship that we had during our years of refereeing. And that, that's a relationship that a lot of referees will have when they go out and do games and you make connections that bond you through games, particularly when things don't always go so well. And yeah, those are the, the memories you make. Absolutely. We, we were here tonight talking about eight years ago when you got paid in coins <laughs> and Jack met a mad Italian referee in an English derby. <laughs> It's things that we'll never forget. And that's the best part of refereeing when you meet good people and you get to know them and you become good friends. That's it for tonight. Thank you guys for joining me for the first podcast. It was great to have a chat with you as always. It was a great laugh. I hope anyone that listened enjoyed it as much as we did. And I'm sure we, we're going to bring more and we'll get better at this as well as we go. So thank you very much, Jack and Benji. Thanks, Alo. Obviously, next time we'll be back stronger. Cheers, Alo. That was class. That'll be fine. Yeah, maybe, Benji, your, your brother can come and play yeah. between. <laughs> what do you think? All right, here we go. I think he's done <laughs> Yeah. To be fair, I, yeah, I didn't realise yeah. it was um, you know, Benji. Yeah, if you ever noticed, Benji is a audio. Uh, shit audio. Nice, because let's, let's do some advertisement for your brother. Go, go on Facebook and look for Joshua Button. <laughs> Shameless plugs. It does. Oh, for days. Uh, tell him to chuck it a like on Facebook. Your, your brother's <laughs> It's actually kind of Benji, how many, how many Joshua Button wine tumblers do you have?